0: You Lord for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Father, in oh, Jesus, I will say thank you of the good go and yeah, thank you. God. We thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. We thank you that you choose us, that you accept us. We thank you that you do not make any excuse to reject us. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the... We thank you that our eyes are anointed to see. We thank you that you are sensitive to your needs and your promptings. We thank you for boldness. We thank you that we can call you our Father... And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Wow, we thank God so much for this opportunity. We thank God that you are still counted as worthy and is still counting as worthy to experience another day. And as long as he has deemed us worthy, we would work the works of him who has called us, while we are in the day season of our lives. We want to continue our study on 2 Kings chapter 7. Tonight is the part 2. Hopefully, um, ideally, it should have been a two-part series, but uh, as we kept reading, we are seeing more things. So let's see what we can study for tonight. So 2 Kings chapter 7. Um, let's just read the passage again and as I keep saying we should never get weary or tired of lose interest in the reading of the word So second kings chapter 7 we want to see a beautiful story that happened so verse one then elisha said hear ye the word of the Lord that says the Lord tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria so that's where we got our title for. then from then a lord on whose the hand of the king leaned answered the man of god and said behold if the lord will make windows in heaven might this thing be and he said behold thou will see it with thy eyes but thou will not eat thereof and immediately such a prophetic um, session has taken place the next line and there were four lepers it's quite interesting. But let's read. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said to one another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we would enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we would die also. Now, therefore, come let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they arose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they came, behold, to the outermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses even the noise of a great host and they said to one another lo the king of israel has hired against us the king of the hittites the king of the egyptians to come upon us wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and they left their tents and their horses and their asses even the camp as it was and they fled for their life verse 8 and when these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp They went into one tent, and did eat and drink, and carried them silver and gold and raiment, and went and hid it, and came again and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace? If we tarry till the morning, some mischief might come upon us. Now therefore, that we may go and tell the king's household, so they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And they called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry, therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, As they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let's take some, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain which are in the which are left in the city. Behold, there are a multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as a multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. That's in bracket. And let us send and see. They took therefore two chariots, and the king said unto the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And when they went after them unto Judah, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king, And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel according to the word of the lord verse 17 and the king appointed the lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate and the people trod up upon him in the gate and he died as the man of god had said i don't even need something interesting for the prizes or for the fine flour being sold at the gate of the barley and the shekel they were according to the word of the Lord. But this time, when the man on whose hand the king leaned upon died, the Bible said, as the man of God had said, this one there was not according to the word of the Lord. Interesting. Who spoke when the king came down upon him? So verse 18. And it came to pass that as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel shall be told tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And the Lord answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the lord should make windows in heaven might such a thing be and he said behold thou wilt see it with thy eyes but thou shalt not eat thereof so it fell out unto him for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died we bless god for the reading of his word at the gate of samaria so last week we dealt more about the things surrounding what happened and for just to take off from that place we understand that the people of Samaria were under siege. The Syrians had encamped around them, and their strategy was that they would surround them till all the resources that they have would be depleted, so that they would be forced to open up the gates because they need to come, they need to um, refuel, they need food, they need all those things. So, because of the army or because of the siege that that Syrian had laid upon the Samaritans, that is why there was famine in the land. And there was severe famine. And last week, we look at the fact that even mothers had to cook their children for survival. Now, you know what happened? The king sent a messenger, and the prophet gave a word that tomorrow, by this time, at the gate of Samaria, this and this would happen. Then the man on whose arm the king leaned upon him, said, Hey, is God going to make a window in heaven and pour it down? Then the man of God said, and we saw that in the later verses, that this one it was not God who necessarily said it but the man of God said with your eyes you would see but you shall not eat thereof and today we are proceeding and I want to appreciate the two contrasting scenarios that are fused in one story just imagine the king has come to see this prophet so it's like a cabinet meeting of powerful people let's say Corona and the, the head of state has invited men of God to talk about Warsaw and the man of God says challenge tomorrow by this time Corona will be dealt with you would imagine how this thing would happen. So, for those of us who are believers, we start to do some calculations. We are not like the man who would say, "Would God open a window in heaven and pour this down?" But it's interesting that after such a scene, the next thing we see are four lepers, and you wonder how is this four lepers story connected directly to the prophecy? And it's interesting how God decides to fulfill. His word concerning our lives. We can never beat that. This is what makes me fall in love the more. The mysterious nature of God. How God decides to blow our mind. So immediately an intense prophetic declaration has gone on. Now we are imagining how the fulfillment of this prophecy would come to pass. And the next thing we are seeing is four leprous men. And upon all the days... It was the day or the moment that um, the prophets gave the way that they began to question themselves as say, Charlie, we have been sitting here at this gate. Are we going to sit here till we die? The gate of Samaria is the gate of decision making. The gate of Samaria is the gate where you must ask yourself this question: Am I going to sit still here till I die? I've said before in a previous episode that everybody needs a miracle. Now, you don't just need a miracle because you need a financial breakthrough or you need a job or you need health. The main reason why you need a miracle is because your life can be worth more than it is now. And these four lepers, what a wow! upon all the days, it was that that they decided to ask themselves this critical question. Why sit we here till we die? At the gate of Samaria is a gate of decision making. You see, and in everybody's life, there must come a point in your life where you must sit back and ask yourself this question. And the sad thing is that because many of us, we are not intentional about our lives, we hardly ever get to ask ourselves this question. You know, I remember when I was in secondary school one time, um, just my my quotes. Some people, they call it cubicle or room or whatever. So on our floor, in on the boarding house, the next room to mine, there was a certain plump guy. Then one day, he got to the gate of Samaria, and he said that he wants to be a bodybuilder. And if you look at this chubby guy, and this guy, when he was my mate, when we all got to form one, he was somebody that the seniors used to bully and worry. He was some weakling, some guy. <laughs> he was, in this coat a lepros. But when we are about to complete school, about, let's say, a year, when we are in our final year, this guy just took a decision that, Charlie, he wants to get muscles. He wants to be a bodybuilder. I remember clearly when he made that decision. I was standing there on the corridor and he was saying, I said, oh, me too. I will make that decision. So this guy started and he was the dormitory. It's not as if we were in university. There was nothing like a gym in secondary school. So the only thing he had where you take a bucket and put cement inside and put metals and those type of indigenous things. And these guy started doing press-up continuously. And they started climbing the stairs, started doing all those things. And me too. I was also at the gate of Samaria. I said the same thing. As for me, I was being cool, calm. Oh, I will reduce my diet. If I take um, five spoons, I will reduce it to two. I was being passive in my decision. And right before our very eyes, when this guy started, everybody was laughing at him. You remember, early in the morning, we were late, we were rushing to go for to go and bath and get to class and learn. No matter what, this guy will wake up and do press-ups. He will climb the stairs, he will jog, he will do all those things. Then you go and wash down in the evening before prep. I just don't know the moment when. But the next thing we realized, this guy was a macho man in less than a year. And one that everybody used to look at and say, ah, what is that, what's this time? Now we used to call him Brabole. We used to call him Max the Macho Man, Max B. That was his degree. Now this guy became one of the most muscular people we had in school in less than one year. And the interesting thing is this, both of us were at the gate of Samaria and we all said to ourselves, oh, if we get body, it won't be bad. <laughs> I wished it. I took passive steps. I said, Oh, I'll not eat after nine. I will not do this. I will not do this. But somebody was deliberate enough to be intentional about the decision he took. And in less than one year, we all clearly saw the difference. And this was somebody without a gym instructor. This was somebody without a gym. This was somebody without protein shake. So it was later after his masters at all Camp and I started doing protein shake and spending a lot of money buying these um supplements or whatever they do. It's because this guy was intentional about his decision. So regardless of the situation he found himself without a gym, without a gym instructor, all that he had was his will to become a mature man, and all that was enough. To change the life of this guy, We need to appreciate the power in our decisions. And you need to appreciate the fact that these things are our responsibility. If God has left your eternal destination into your hands. Where you will spend eternity is totally dependent on you. If God could leave such a decision into your hand, You need to appreciate how responsible you are for your life. If God left the entire human race into the life of one Adam, you see, I I, I don't know who is listening, but if you are someone who appreciates pain that people go through, that we go through in this world, and you just sit back and look, why all this pain? And you cast your mind and you realize that it's just because one man decided to disobey. His decision has released such tremendous pain into this world. You need to appreciate the power of decision. And the interesting thing is this. These are four leprous men. These are people that they were outcasts. Just Google leprosy and look at how the skin is of a leprous person. And these people, they sat down. Now, look at the leprosy I know for leprosy, they are not allowed to stay in the city gates or to stay in the city. That is why they were at the gates of the city. Now, so hopefully the part three that we do, you look at these for leprosy people, they are very interested because these are people that the city has abandoned you. They have left you at the gates. Yet, when they found a good thing, they came back to tell the city, the people in the city, but let's not go at ourselves. These were people that were left at the mercy of life, but they knew that the destiny of their life was not dependent on their state. They knew that if they would survive or if they would die, depends on their next decision. Everything was going against these people. These were people that were leprous, belonging to a town where there is severe famine, that people are eating up their children. So they sat down and they said, are you going to sit here and die? And many of us, we are in situations where we must ask ourselves these questions and not just end at asking ourselves this question. Like the way I ended up and said I'll be a macho man and it ended over there. I took passive decisions. And I love the quality of these people, their decisions. They evaluated their options. They said, are we going to sit here and die? Because one, at the gate where they are, there is no hope coming. Because they have been sitting there and there is no food that is coming. The second thing is that if they go back into the city, one, this would they are already lepros. So going back into the city will be taking a serious risk. And moreover, they already know what is in the city. There is no food in the city. People are cooking up their children in the city. So if you go back to the city, there is no chance. And look at the next decision. They are going into the camp of their enemies. Hmm. Where they are, there's no food, so there's no chance. If they go back to the city that sat them, there is no chance because aside the fact that they sat them, there is no food. So even if there was um UN emergency <laughs> food supply donation that was brought to them, they will be the least on the on the on the scale. And the next decision that the army that has encamped around us that has causing the family, let us go to them and go and beg them for food. If they kill us, Charlie, we are there because already like where we are, we are already dying. Now, if they spare our life, we shall live. Are we bold enough to take such decisions? That is why the six things we pray for in the year 2022 is boldness. We need to appreciate that it is not enough to sit down and become all remorseful and pitiful about your situation. It's not going to change anything and pity party is a spirit of the devil. Never pity yourself. Never pity your situation. These leprous people did not pity their situation. They know they were leprous, but they needed the food. And they took a quality decision that sitting here we will die, going back we will die, but let's go forward. If they kill us, we are dead. <laughs> but if for, it's for peradventure, these people that have encamped around us to kill us decide to spare our lives, we shall live. I pray for everyone, listen, that you'll be bold enough to take the right steps. You'll be bold enough to take the right decision. Many of us are in jobs that we know we should leave. Please, I'm not saying leave. your job. <laughs> I'm saying you know. Many of us have found yourself in situations that you know that if you sit here, you will die. If you go back, you will die. Many of us should be bold enough to see that I am not in the hurry to get married, regardless of what the biological clock is telling me, until I am convinced about this person, not from a sense, or not from the uh, from the pride of the flesh, but from a genuine sensing of the leading of God in your life. You should be bold enough to take that decision. And sadly, sadly, We are not bold enough to take that decision. So, you see friends that they want to get married, and in less than a year, they are already getting married. And you ask, and you know the person, don't ask, ask, oh, how long have you known this person? Oh, six, seven months, baby, vibe. I'm just praying that such decisions are birthed from a place of prayer. Now, I wanted to appreciate this thing. Remember that we said that a prophetic declaration has been released. Elijah has given the prophecy, and the scene one has passed sin two. We are seeing leprosy. These lepers who had no idea what Elijah had said, but some way somehow the decree of Elijah was able to stir up a certain questioning in their hearts. And all the four of them asked themselves that question. I can just imagine them; they were looking at themselves. other, are we still sitting here? We are dying. Over. <laughs> we need to appreciate." that everything does not end in the place of prayer in fact prayer is the starting place and we'll be looking at through this story it first starts with a prophetic declaration the next thing we are seeing is people that took quality decision you see many of us you know you need to break up but you are expecting god to do the breaking up for you and do not want to be possible Many of us, you know, you should leave a particular situation, but you are expecting by some miracle things will just change on their own. Nothing good changes on its own. You must take that quality decision. Just as the same way I thought, I will become a macho man by a passive decision that, oh, I will not eat after eight. Occasionally, I will be going for jogging. I will do 10 push ups a day. Those decisions do not make the change that you desire in your life. And the people said, that's the verse 4. If they save us, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. Now, look at what the verse 5 says. The Bible says that, and they rose up at twilight. So, when they took the decision, many of us, when we are able, even when we are able to take a quality decision, unfortunately for us, we procrastinate the action of our decision. So, I saw a meme sometime that uh, there's this WhatsApp group of procrastinators and they said, oh, let us create a group for us for like, we the procrastinators so that we can encourage another then somebody said, okay, so when are we creating a group? then someone said, tomorrow <laughs> so these people are always saying tomorrow but when these people took the decision it was around 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock that is twilight, just before evening around between, let's say, 4 to 6 even though it was late the Bible says, and they arose up at twilight. You may be in the twilight of a relationship. Maybe you have been dating for five years, six years, seven years, and you are asking yourself, Charlie, I can't back out now. I'm almost 30, I'm 29, and I've known this guy for six years. But the Bible said when they were in the frame of mind to take the quality decision, most of us would have said, okay, right now the day is already coming to an end. Let's go tomorrow. But the Bible said, and they arose at twilight. I am praying for everybody including myself that when we are discerning enough to take the right decisions may we arise regardless of the time of the day and may we take those steps. They arose at twilight. It was late at night but they said that if their story is going to change it is today, not tomorrow. And I'm praying to God that you would believe these things because you know I had a friend The friend kept saying, oh, I'll break up, oh, I'll break up, oh, I'll break up. It's 10 years, not 10 years, but it has been years. And the person keeps complaining, yet never takes any quality decision. So you ask the person, are you dating or not? Oh, we are just there, we are just there. And this has been years, and you are still just there. So now what will happen? Either circumstance will force you to marry somebody that you're having questions about or you might end up marrying somebody else who just comes and you may not even thoroughly know the person. But these four lepers who were disadvantaged on every side, they arose at twilight. And I want to appreciate how God is fulfilling this prophecy. Imagine Ghana. God is telling Ghana that tomorrow by this time, Ghana will be the most powerful nation in the world. And look at how God chooses to fulfill such a prophecy. He includes the conversation of four leprous men. Thank God for these leprous people. And the Bible said they arose at twilight to go onto the camp of the Syrians. Please Google a picture of a leprous person. You would appreciate how difficult walking is for people who are leprous because their skin is full of sores so it was not an easy journey for these people and it's a journey that there's a 70 30 percent chance that you'll be killed because you are going into the camp of your enemies people who have come to lay a siege around you a very risky decision and it was not as if it was an easy decision maybe they were just walking 100 meters it was a journey of leprous people can you imagine the pain they went through walking on their sorry legs, crawling on their sorry knees, scratching their sorry arms. But they took a decision. And no matter the time of your season, I heard as a Chinese proverb that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the next time or the next best time to plant a tree is today. I pray that those decisions that you must take in your life, you will take those decisions today. And look at what God decided to do. And when they got, and uh, when they were come unto the outermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. And now let's look at what God did. For the Lord had made the host. <makes> of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots. How can you amplify the crawlings of four lepers to sound like a host of an army? The Bible said they heard the noise of chariots, the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. You see, oh, I wish we can believe God for his word. But then we must appreciate what the leprous people did and what God did. The prophetic word had been released, but God was able to sow seeds of thought into these leprous people to ask themselves the question, are we going to sit here and die? God is not the one going to take the decision for you. These are your responsibility. All you are supposed to do is to take a quality decision and go through with the decision. And what is God's job? god's job is to make your little steps is to make your baby steps is to make your little drops of water sound like a mighty army but god cannot make your steps sound like a mighty army if you are not taking any step and this is where many of us we feel because it starts in prayer for us, it continues in prayer for us, and it ends in prayer. It is not every problem in your life that prayer answers. Some problems are a decision issues. You need to take those decisions. It starts in prayer. Yes, the prophetic word has been released, but there is something you must do in between. You must take the decision and you must move on. The journey would be hurting, but you must make that move. And as you keep making your move, you will get into the place you fear the most and you realize that there is no man there. Not because of your skills. Not because of how good you are, not because of your certificate, not because of your fluency, but because it is the Lord who would make your little efforts, big efforts. It is the Lord who will bless the work of your hands. It is the Lord who will grant you success. For the Lord God had caused the Syrians to hear the noises of chariots, the noises of horses, the noise of a great host it is the Lord it is the Lord so one spiritual instructor says that in every equation of how to become successful there is always a gap in every equation and that gap can only be filled by for the Lord God had caused the host of the series you know when you listen to successful people tell you oh work hard be diligent and um, be at the right place at the right time invest over here gain knowledge you see when you put all this equation that is why i've read several books of all these people i've listened to them and all of them they always say they always end with this statement: and you need a little bit of luck Even in football, I like football so much. And you cannot tell me any team that has gone to win a major trophy. And in one or two games, you can clearly point out that in one or two games, they didn't play well or they didn't even create many chances. But luck was just on their side. What they call luck is what the Bible has given the answer to. For the Lord God has caused the Syrians to hear the noises of horses and chariots how can the steps of four leprous men sound like a host of an army that is not for you to worry about just is to take the decision and regardless of the time if it's at twilight arise and move forward and i look at what the Bible says and they said to one another so when they heard the noise this is what the Syrians said to one another lo I you see lo <laughs> no, the king of the Israelites had hired against us, the king of the Hittites, the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Kill assumptions in your life. It's amazing how a whole army of Syrians would hear noises, and all of them all came to a consensus that the Samaritans have got to hire three armies against them. Nobody went out to go and check. Hey, this noise is somebody coming. But unilaterally, all of them took the same wrong decision because of assumptions or because they all made the same assumption and they fled. Of course, we know that is the Lord who caused that confusion, but it is something that we should learn. Never relate with people based on assumptions. Because let me tell you, the dots will connect, Eh, the person didn't message me, but the person was this, and the person sent this, let me tell you, you would always find a connection if you want to find a connection. You would always find an explanation, Eh, this guy did this, this lady did this, he posted this, he said this, when I called he did not pick, you would always find a way of connecting that, you would always find a way of seeing things that are not there, that is the power of assumptions. And that destroys many relationships, many beautiful friendships because of assumption. But if only one of them in the Syrian army had said, Let me go and see what is going on. Like you said, Oh no, it's just some four lepers men who are coming. I don't know where the noise is coming from. Seek clarity. You know, one day I was talking to a group of people, then it was a relationship talk, and somebody asked me, that, Oh, so if you are a lady, And you have you are very close friends with a particular guy, but you don't know the particular guy's vibe. Uh it's like deity dating are not dating, like this are not for me, what would you do? And I gave an answer. I said the person that oh if the guy is you don't know the guy's plan, see clarity, ask the guy what's up. And I could just tell the demeanor that their face fell flat. Like that was not the answer they were expecting. And I was around with um, somebody who was my mate, and, but she was a lady. And I made the statement, that I know this answer. All of you, because you are at university, you will appreciate this answer. Like, you see yourself, Ah, me as you great and ask, hey, Kojo, the two of us. Like, Charlie, I'll be a big boy, I'll be a fine girl. But I'm telling you, a time will come in your life. Imagine you are 33 years old and you are in the same situation. You think you be there, you would make the move. You say, hey, Kojo. You have been visiting me too much. Why are you visiting me? You can't be visiting me. And the lady my mate was who was around when I was giving this talk, she laughed because she did the same thing. When she was on campus, did the same thing. But after she finished like, this guy cannot be in hala, it's not there. You can't be playing king. So you sat there with the brother. You have been friends for this long time. If there's something on your mind, say it. <laughs> Seek clarity. Do not live on assumptions. Because let me tell you, you would always find what you're looking for, even if it's not there. And it's amazing how these people were able to mention amnesties. They said, for the king had hired, the king of Israel had hired the king of the Hittites, the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Where did they get this concoction from? The power of assumptions it destroys relationships and that is one sad thing about relationships nowadays nobody wants to have honest conversations any longer and i think last week i shared this many of us don't want to have honest conversation because it's as though if you don't approve of people's actions you are always against them we are an approver seeking generation so immediately somebody doesn't approve of what you are doing oh you are hate and they say what's hate speech or phobia, whatever, all sorts of phobias. It's so sad. So, Anna, if you're a parent and you tell your child, don't do this, don't do that. and hey, mommy doesn't love you. Okay, they, they are children, so let's let them go. But you can be friends with people, and you can tell this friend that you are in the wrong place. The only thing that the friend can do is to say that you hate me, or you are jealous of me, or you don't like this thing. You are not a supportive person. When I make it in life, eh? when I'm telling my story, I will mention your name, that my best friend will not believe in me. My best friend, no, Rana but now it's so hard to have honest conversation so right now if you are not an approval friend you are not a good friend you can hardly tell a friend or sister or brother where you are is not a good place I have lost so many beautiful friends because I told them Charlie, you are messing up you are messing up and the only conclusion they could come up with is that you did not think you know it all you don't like this. you don't like that you you not like that you don't like that because nobody really wants to have an honest conversation. But this one, I'll leave it with we are doing part three next with God will about the four leprous people. So we just see how God fulfilled this prophecy that tomorrow by this time, the state of a nation would change. And God changed the state of a nation by using four lepros people. This is why, yet again, in the prayers we prayed for the year 2022, the first one was that we do not miss God. Nowhere in my wildest imagination and in your wildest imagination would you ever think that God will fulfill a prophecy using four leprous people. That is why one thing that is very crucial for us in our work in this world is to always be sensitive to the leadings because always often or almost always God is not going to use the path that you are expecting. And I can look at throughout scripture, nowhere in Joseph's mind would he ever think that the root to the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowing down would be this painful. That is why we cannot afford to miss God. That is why we cannot afford to despise anybody regardless of their situation. You must see everybody, that is what Paul says, that we judge no man according to the flesh. Because these people were having leprosy. And ask yourself, why leprous people? And God will, in Mexico are next about when we peruse these four lepers, you will see why God did not make a mistake in choosing these people. And I, as I was also perusing this scripture, I asked myself, that, ah, God, so that means you were aware that these people were leprous and you didn't do anything about their situation, but you rather use them to change the economic fortunes of a people, of a nation. And these are some of the hard truths that many of us, you see, just as many of us, we cannot have lasting, important relationships because we cannot be told the truth. It's the same way in our Christian work. You can't accept it, that God saw these people were leprous and he didn't do anything about their situation. Sometimes people make a mockery of the healing ministry. People he make a mockery of the miracle ministry, that if you can do this, but God saw lepers. He did not talk about their leprous, but he used them. I like a scripture in 2 Timothy, Chapter four, verse twenty. We all know Paul, that somebody who's from his body, handkerchiefs were used to heal people. But look at what Paul said in Second Timothy chapter four. He said, "But Theophemos and have left I at militu sick, so that a particular person that Paul and Joseph left sick." And the question is. Why didn't Paul pray for the person to be healed, but they left the person sick? And these are the things that we need to appreciate in our walk with God. Sickness is not from God. Evil is not from God. But then, there are always gaps in life that we can never explain. And the more you just learn to trust God and not try to explain everything around your life, the peace of God is what you would explain or is what you would experience. So, even as we are drawing this episode to an end, these four lepers took the decision. They made the move, but it was God that caused their sound to be amplified. Do not get this equation twisted. It starts in prayer, but it does not continue in prayer. I always say that prayer is where everything starts, but do not expect God to take some decisions for you and to take some steps for you. But then it is God that gives the increase and the Bible said after this and let we to look more about this four lepers. what I said but as they went in there and they realized that the camp was empty and they did what they did they said that hey if we have good news and we are withholding it, misfortune would happen to us God did not make a mistake in choosing these four leprous men to go into the camp and I'm praying that God will not make a mistake in blessing us because for some of us God knows if we should bless us wow and we just want to end on this note that do not make God make a mistake by blessing you. We want to just spend some time in prayer. And you are just asking God that at the gate of Samaria is the gate where we must take those decisions. Honey, I mean, you must take that decision concerning your health. You must take that decision concerning your career. You must ask yourself, am I going to sit still here till I die? and for many of us we know the right decision but we keep procrastinating but the Bible says at twilight they did not say let us wait till tomorrow at twilight at the end of the day they arose and they began to walk To the camp of Syria, I pray. We pray for ourselves, Lord, that every decision that we are supposed to take in our finances, in our relationship, in our health, in all that concerns us, may we make the right choices. The four lepers said, "If we sit here, we will die." If we go back, we will die. Our only option is to go forward into the camp of our enemies. Then it is a 50-50 chance. They may decide to kill us, but they may also decide to save us. Little did they know that God was working behind the scenes of their life. He came to encourage us all that God is working behind the scenes of your life. If only you will learn to flow with him, if only you would take that decision. You are wondering if I should leave this guy who I know he is not the one for me. Where am I going to meet somebody else? But the Bible says, as these four lepers who rose up at twilight and they were getting close to the camp, behold, when they got there, There was no man there for the Lord. For the Lord, you ask yourself, where would I get that job? For the Lord, you ask yourself, where will I meet my spouse? For the Lord, where will I get that opportunity? It is for the Lord. All you are supposed to do is to arise at twilight and keep moving into the camp of Syria. Keep making that decision. Keep taking those steps. And for the Lord, will cause your enemies to hear and begin to make exemptions may the Lord multiply our steps may the Lord multiply our decisions may the Lord bless the work of our hands may the Lord bless the fruit of our decisions may the Lord who is the God of increase increase our harvest in the name of our Lord Jesus may the God of these four lepers that decide to move in an unusual way move in our way and may we not hinder the workings of God behind the scenes of our life that just as God choose, to change the fortunes of a nation using four lepers. May we not despise the people that God will bring our way. May we not despise the places that God will take you. For some of us, we are in a job you may not like or you may not want to, but God has strategically placed you there because there may be somebody he wants you to meet. There may be something he wants you to learn. And just like these four lepers, if only we can avail ourselves, if only we can appreciate the fact that as children of God, God is directing the events of our life. God is ordering our steps. We will keep making steps for the Lord will multiply our steps. Even in the season of Easter, God sowed his son one and got the harvest of sons. May also every seed, every good seed we have sown in this year, every seed of prayer, every seed of good works. Every seed of praise, every seed of diligence, every seed of hard work, every seed of love, we God multiplied in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, we thank so much for yet another refreshing time in His presence. And God will next week, we end our episode at the gate of Samaria and zoom in into the life of these four letters. See you next week and continue and remember that we are still giving God our very best and regardless of the changing scenes and the response of people, we are going to make sure that we all know man nothing but love. See you next week and Baba.